This is our first international call. I know. We're an international podcast now. That's awesome. Hopefully she shares to all those Canadians. Yeah. Yeah, we need some people north of the border. <laughs> yep. <laughs> awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of Angel Talk, uh, Reflections of an Ambitious Angel Mom. My name is Philip Kerrigan. I am the Executive Director of Raise for Rowan. We are the organization that helps families suffering through the loss of a child with funeral cost assistance and emotional support. I am joined by, as always, the Ambitious Angel Mom herself. Say hello to the people, Bryn. Hello, everyone. Hello, Philip. I almost got the title of the podcast wrong. (laughs) Oh, gosh. <laughs> That's the oh. type of Monday it is today. I know. Philip hasn't had enough caffeine. Yeah, no. And man. I drank enough for both of us. <laughs> so maybe I should be our announcer today. Brent's having kidney problems with the yeah. amount of coffee <laughs> she's drank today. Those make the best days, though. Yeah, they're I've gotten fun. a lot done. Yeah. <laughs> I've been real productive today. I have. <laughs> Zoned in. Uh, yeah. This is part three of our one-month series, Rainbow Babies. And for those who don't know what Rainbow Babies are, Rainbow Babies are the children that are born to a family after that family has lost a child. This is a very um, bittersweet topic to talk about, but mostly it is joyous to talk about because of the new Rainbow Baby in your life. So we got to sit down with an international guest. Yes, we did. We welcomed Stephanie Resendez, and she has her own nonprofit, Grayson's Uh Army Foundation, and she's based out of Canada, and she's also an author of Mommy Says I Have a Brother. It also comes in Mommy Says I Have a Sister, and she is an angel mama, and man, she has just, she's been moving to talk to you this morning. She's just- Yeah, man. Wow, cool. I mean, she- A really special- Person. Yeah, yeah, she created just just like uh, Brynn and a number of our guests that have come on to this podcast. They have she took such heartache as as she has said, turning turning our heartache into purpose. That's the that's mm-hmm. sort of the motto of uh, Grayson's Army Foundation. And she took the heartache of losing an angel to a super rare disorder called spinal muscular atrophy lost lost him at a very very young age uh he was he wasn't even a year old and she took that and basically was turned able it to into a purpose turn it into a purpose mm-hmm. and you'll hear when she talks the different things that their nonprofit has been able to do already is remarkable is unreal in such a short amount of time so yeah. Uh, we're happy to share her story with you. Yeah. So here it is. We're not gonna we're not gonna yap anymore at you because I don't have enough coffee and Bryn has too much and she's gonna be jittery and I'm gonna be sleepy. <laughs> so we're gonna toss it right to the interview right now. All right. So we have a very special guest today for Rainbow Babies Month. We have an author. We have a nonprofit founder. We have an angel mom and the mother of Rainbow Babies. This is Stephanie Resendez. Stephanie, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. Thank you for having me. What a pleasure. <laughs> this is really this is really neat. We're this is a, a special month where we're gonna focus on in particular rainbow babies, but we also love to hear the different stories of of the angels that have come in and out of folks' lives. Can you talk a little bit about your angel and uh, share your story with the listeners? Of course. Um, I love any opportunity that I'm actually able to do that. Um, so, I mean, I guess to start, um, our journey started in 2016. 
Um, Grayson was our firstborn. Um, he was born the 21st of January and was born appearing to be completely healthy, no concerns. Um, we got to go home and bring him home within, you know, the two days of being at the hospital. The doctors and nurses had no concerns at all. Even as first-time parents, we had, you know, we didn't really have anything to compare him to, but he was just absolutely perfect. Mm. Um, it wasn't until um, like a few weeks after we brought him home, um, I was uh, up late doing the, na- the late night feeding um, and he um, sounded like he kind of choked on his formula. Mm. I didn't really think too much of it at the time um, just because it just it didn't really seem like I should be concerned right away. You know, it right. seemed like he kind of settled himself really quickly afterwards. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until um, the next morning that he just didn't really seem right to me. Um, I work in the medical field, so I kind of had, I just had a weird feeling. So I brought him to the hospital yeah. and, uh, from there, um, it seemed like Grayson went from appearing completely healthy and normal and moving his arms and his limbs and crying really strong to being a completely what they call like a floppy baby. He wasn't able to move. His cry was so weak and nobody knew why. Wow. Yeah, it was. And this was how many weeks old was he? I'm sorry, I missed that part. Uh, uh, Six weeks at that time. Oh my goodness. So this happened fairly quickly. Very quickly, very quickly. Um, So from that hospital, we actually got transferred to um, Sick Kids Hospital in Toronto because the physicians there had no idea what was going on with Grayson and why he was deteriorating so quickly. Mm-hmm. So we went to Sick Kids <clears throat> Hospital and it felt like we were in the waiting room for hours. Yeah. And I was holding Grayson in my hands and I just knew, I was like, I need somebody to see him right now. Right mm-hmm. now, his breathing is is off. You know, he just didn't seem right to me. And we were waiting for hours and hours and hours. It wasn't until we actually went into the room and I laid him down on the stretcher. And he looked so small on this huge stretcher. And I put him down. And I want to say within seconds, I took one look at him and I just screamed. I said, he does not look right. He was completely grave. Like we need help right now. Mm-hmm. Within seconds after that moment, there was maybe 20 people rushed into the room. They pressed the code blue button, the emergency button. And from there, wow. they put a breathing tube in right in front of me. Wow. And it was just like the most traumatic experience Ever, you know, oh, like yeah. we had so many questions at that point. Yeah. yeah. And it just seemed like everything was just happening so fast. And I just had no time to even ask those questions. Yeah. So wow. after we got to that room and they put him on life support, they brought him up to the ICU. Um, it actually took a full week to get a diagnosis. It wasn't until the day after he had passed away that we found out what he passed away from. Oh, my, oh my gosh, gosh. You're kidding me. Probably the longest week of your life. Yes. That week was full of tests and just so much emotion. I just, oh, that week was just the longest week of my life. You said that, like, you hit the nail right on the head there. And we we just felt so lost and so, it it didn't seem like anybody had any answers, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, even the physicians at that point. So we actually found out what he had passed away from was uh, what's called spinal muscular atrophy. 
So it was a condition he was actually born with. And one in 40 people carry the gene of SMA. Mm-hmm. That is and, which is actually pretty high if you think about yeah. it. You know, like yeah. one in 40 yeah. doesn't seem like, you that's know, like lot. it seems like a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's a lot. It really is. Exactly. And um, I guess the way that it works is both parents have to be a carrier of this gene mm-hmm. um, in order for your child to be affected by it. And Grayson was the first per- the first child on my family um, to be affected by this terrible disease. Yeah. Um, and the second baby on my husband's side, but nobody really knew, right? It, yeah. At that time, there wasn't really much research or anything. Um, and the doctors didn't even really fully grasp or know what this condition was either. So that was a really frustrating point. And I mean, I still had so many questions up until like years after, right? So we made it our mission to find out those answers and provide the support to other families that are going through a very similar situation Mm -hmm. because there was nothing scarier than not knowing what's going on with your baby and wanting to help so bad, but just feeling so helpless. Yeah, Yeah, I get it. Oh, so that's what our mission has become is just to, to provide that support and I guess turn our heartache into purpose and really help build Grayson's legacy into something just so powerful and meaningful. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's yeah, that's a little amazing. bit about. So my yeah, you uh, your story is similar to so many uh, guests that we have mm-hmm. on. In that, after your loss, you begin to search for meaning, and you you turn to starting an organization just like uh, just like Bryn has uh, that is sort of dedicated to a mission specific to how you lost Grayson. Can you talk a little bit about the the nonprofit? Of course. Yeah. Um, so it was actually the year after he had passed away. It just was always sitting in my gut. You know, I just had to do something and I just wanted, you know, I didn't want Grayson's legacy and his life to end at that point, you yeah. know, like just with, with so many questions. So, right. So the f- foundation that we started is called the Grayson's army foundation. Mm-hmm. And what it does is, uh, raises awareness for spinal muscular their atrophy, but it also raises funds for sick kids hospital, uh, with hopes to finding a cure for this, um, or treatment for the children that, um, have SMA now. Yeah. Wow. Um, back in 2016, there was no options, no treatment. It was still so new and so rare, yeah. um, that there was no option. So even if, you know, Grayson happened to survive that, you know, terrible week in the ICU, um, there would have been no option for him, but now there's earlier testing for children and um, they're actually able to get treatment earlier. Awesome. The only wow. thing is it costs so much, but yeah. the foundation yeah. that we started um, in Grayson's honor, it actually helps families to fund that treatment. Excellent. That's, that's awesome. What a, what a mm-hmm. cool mission. What a yes. cool mission. We should also, we should also mention you, you've, you've said it twice now and, and maybe our, the, our podcast listeners don't know. Uh, you're, I think our first Canadian guest, correct? Oh, you, you yeah. Our yeah. First Canadian yeah. Guest. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but not only that, you have authored a book as well, which I love the, I, ti- I love the title I and I love, I love you attempting to, 
to include rainbow babies in on it and, ha- and like create something that yeah. is a starting off point. Can mm-hmm. you talk about the book? We'll get into uh, why you did and everything, but just give the title and, sure. and what it's about. Sure. Um, it's called Mommy Says I Have a Brother. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also available at Mommy Says I Have a Sister as well. Oh, cool. Um, it's oh, cool. outlined and yeah, it's it's designed to open up conversation with your toddlers or young children to um, be able to talk about their angel sibling that they have. Um, yeah. It just gives families an opportunity to be able to talk about their angel baby and um, you know, have their spirit alive in their home, mm-hmm. which is, you know, very important for angel families. You know, it makes us feel that their spirit is alive in their home and we haven't forgotten and we want to be able to talk to, about them and, you know, let their siblings know all about who they are. Yeah. Yeah. Great, great idea. I love it. Um, you now, so you are the, you're the proud mom of two rainbow babies. Is that correct? Yes. Uh, yes, yes. What are their, what are their, what are their ages? Um, so I have, uh, well, actually, Theodore will be three in a few days. Oh, nice. <laughs> and Oliver. Oh. Yeah, and yeah. Oliver is almost one years old. Oh, that's awesome. So you do have your mm-hmm. hands full. Yeah, you do. Yeah. I do. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> to say the least. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about that part of it. You, you sure. come. You come out of what happened to Grayson, your world is mm-hmm. rocked. What made you decide to want to have uh, another child? Well, let me tell you, that was <laughs> no easy decision mm-hmm. to yeah. be completely oh. honest and open. And it was hard. Um, yeah. What I went through and, you know, so many other families can probably b- relate to the feelings I was feeling, but it you know, to decide to have another child after all of that, there's just so much that comes along with it. It's like, you know, the emotions and everything that comes along with it, you know, and having to decide or not having to decide, but wanting to have another children was another child. Sorry. It was always really important to my husband and I, we really wanted a family. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. It, it was a hard, hard decision, but I mean, it was something that we've always wanted and we just had to have faith and hope that, you know, Grayson was looking out and yeah. I mean, he blessed us with two healthy siblings for him. So, yeah. so did you find yourself a nervous or on edge during the pregnancy and in those first couple of months, because you mentioned that, you know, Grayson's diagnosis came pretty fast into his life. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we talked with Samantha, the other uh, mother of a rainbow baby, she did talk about how hitting those milestone moments where mm-hmm. it was an anniversary of death or or something like that, they did come with mm-hmm. different feelings. Did you feel that as well? Was there a, a little bit of nervousness involved in everything? There was a whole lot of nervousness, yeah. a whole yeah. lot of anxiety, a whole lot of feelings altogether. Um, I honestly felt that when I was pregnant with Theo, which is my older of the two, uh, rainbow babies, I found that, you know, I found that I was feeling that a lot of the joy that comes with pregnancy was kind of taken away at, and, you know, that I felt like I wasn't able to let myself be happy or excited because I was just constantly thinking like, oh my gosh, what if this happens again? Mm-hmm. And despite yeah. him being completely healthy and no diagnosis, it just, that feeling never went away. Yeah. And even after he was born, to be completely honest, I went through such a 
bad postpartum depression period for that first seven weeks, mm-hmm. it was terrifying. You know, mm-hmm. I was, so sorry. I was not sleeping. I was sleeping on his floor and checking his pulse throughout the night. Like yeah. I was just so terrified that it was going to happen again. And I was going to have to wake up and have to bury another one of my children. And it, that was just gut wrenching to me. And I just couldn't get over that feeling. Yeah. Um, and I mean, we waited a few years to have Oliver, but those feelings never went away. Yeah. Yeah. And I found that even this most recent pregnancy, those feelings were still there. I didn't want any pictures taken of me when I was pregnant. I just, I felt like I wasn't able to fully celebrate because I was just constantly in the back of my mind. I just hope that it doesn't happen again. When are you able to take, or when are you able to have your child tested? Um, It is, uh, so we got our child both of our children tested at 13 weeks in your oh, wow. utero. Yeah. Okay. So now um, that option is available. So before there was no testing to be done. Right. And now. Is that, and now, the, this, is, this is brand new. And that's basically. the result of some of the brand efforts new. of, of, of your nonprofit. Uh, yes, actually. So amazing. part of wow. exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, part of raising awareness is also to get, you know, the funding and the testing done. And we're actually in the process of, um, trying to get routine prenatal blood work done so that you could see if you're a carrier before you even get pregnant or soon after you become pregnant. Wow. So from there, you can, you know, get further testing done depending on if you're a carrier or not. And that's wow. one thing that we have started this year. Wow. That's amazing that you've already mm-hmm. broke down that milestone yeah. because, and mm-hmm. I think raising awareness uh, what you're doing is so huge too, because this is something that I'd never even heard of. Um, exactly. So I'm sure like me, there's a lot of people out there that aren't even aware of this. So um, sure. I commend you for making a difference oh, and you. raising awareness and raising the funding for that, for that testing, because gosh, I had no idea that was even a thing. So thank you for mm-hmm. educating me on that. Of course. Yeah. My pleasure. Yeah. Okay, so we are going to hop into another one of our weekly segments. This one is kind of a special one because it is uh, perfect for our guests. We have a bunch of different ones, sissy signs, daily quotes. We have, of course, our affectionately named Nerd Corner, the Race for Rowan Book Club, where we have some guests come on to talk about books that inspire them. And we just so happen to have somebody who wrote a book. So, Stephanie, let's talk about your book, Mommy says I have a brother and, of course, Mommy says I have a sister. That's pretty awesome, That too. is pretty awesome. Um, can you talk a little bit about your book? What made you even write the book to begin with? So the idea started um, to come from when my toddler started asking about um, the baby that's on our wall, on our gallery wall. Mm. And he knows very much who Grayson is and our angel baby, and he you know, we talk about him all the time. It's something that was very important to us to keep his spirit alive in our home, but it just didn't really seem to me that he was really getting it or understanding the concept because he has a brother that, you know, he can see every day, but I guess making the connection between his angel baby brother and his little baby brother, um, was kind of hard for him to wrap his head around. Mm -hmm. Um, so the idea came to mind when, 
I just really wanted him to know who Grayson is and was and who, when we talk about him in our, in our home, I wanted him to make that connection. So this book, um, it actually helps open up the opportunity to have discussions about your angel baby. So it talks about, um, how they're always there watching over you. Um, or watching over their siblings uh, without actually even being able to see them, yeah. which is actually very special because there's so many different quotes in that book um, that just, I know that it'll just touch so many angel families' hearts because they just know and they can relate to those parts in the books that um, that truly speak to me even yeah. and to, yeah. to my son. Um, the first time when we opened up our book, um, I was reading it to him. And one of the quotes says, uh, mommy says that you were brave and strong, just like Superman. And Theo is at an age that he's crazy about superheroes. And he looked at me and he goes, what do you mean, mom? And at that moment, when he looked at me and I was actually able to fully explain to him who Grayson was and why he was so strong and, it just, it just melted my heart. And those are the moments that pretty much inspired me to want to do that, to write this book, because I yeah. know that there's other families that want to have those special moments with their children that are here, um, to be able to talk about their angel baby. That's yeah. awesome. And what, yeah. what, uh, what age is the book, is the book written for? Um, well, I had my toddler in mind when I wrote it, yeah. so it's actually for younger, um, younger children. So awesome. any, anybody or any child that's from two to teenager, <laughs> um, yeah. anybody that can relate to having an angel sibling. That's cool. That's cool. It's just such a great jumping off point mm -hmm. for having the conversation. I think that's really, right. it's a, it's a really neat way of getting parents to be able to try and, and broach that subject. I think that's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, it's definitely a hard subject to talk about with a child that's so young and being able to find something that they can actually connect to and relate to and actually fully understand is actually really special and powerful. Yeah. And reading books with your parents is a safe place. So, oh, isn't it? You know, oh, I mean, it's they a, cuddle on your lap and it's just yeah. a perfect opportunity. <laughs> it is. It's a perfect opportunity yeah. for them to feel safe and comfortable to ask those questions that might be mm -hmm. uncomfortable. Yep. yep. Um, Stephanie, where can people find your book for purchase? Uh, right now, we are in the pre-sale stage. So right now on our website, uh, which is on our social media um, Instagram uh, profile, um, but very soon it'll be available at Barnes and Noble, uh, Chapters and Indigo, uh, Amazon, and all of those big retailers. Making the big Great. time. Making the big time. Yeah. yeah. Go big or go home. <laughs> that's what I always that, say. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. <laughs> well, thanks a lot. I, I think I think making I think writing a book like this is is a, is a great way for parents to be able to to talk to their uh, oh, rainbow babies. I about appreciate it. All right, so getting back into the questions, a little bit about yep. parenting after you've 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 gone through your loss. Now you now you have now you have Rainbow Baby number one, and then Rainbow mm -hmm. Baby number two. How does parenting change for you after you lose your angel? Are you are you a different parent than you were before your loss? I want to say I am. Um, mm. I mean, losing Grayson has changed me in so many different ways. Um, I mean, it was such a traumatic experience that 
you know, my husband and I went through, but together we were able to grow from it and just completely change the way that we are with each other, the way that we talk to our children, the way that we hug them a little bit extra long. Yeah. Um, when we say good night and they say one more book, it's okay. How about two? Yeah, you know, like yeah, it's just, yeah, yeah. we're able to really, really, really appreciate the time that we have um, together. And before I mean, working in the medical field, it's just go, 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 you know, okay, sure. I'll take that extra overtime shift. But honestly, now I just treasure those moments. And Mm -hmm. I know that my babies won't be little forever. Mm -hmm. So being able to be with them and hug them and listen to all of their crazy stories and their imagination is just so (laughs) powerful to me. And I just, it's changed the way that I've looked at life completely. Um, and yeah, I just, I take it one step slower and I take in and soak in all the moments that I can with all of my loved ones, not even just my children. Yeah. Bryn, that seems to be something that you have talked about before the, the, the notion of slowing down, Uh, like a loss like this almost requires you to slow down. Right. Yeah. I agree completely with what you said, Stephanie. I cherish, Mm -hmm. um, the moments with my family and my children just to a different level. Um, that I didn't know was possible before. And um, one thing I did struggle with after having another child, my rainbow baby, is I I was extra cautious and I would love to put my kids in a bubble. Yeah. So I've kind of battled that since Rowan passed away is, you know, I really want my kids to just be extra safe and keep them in a bubble, but I know yeah. that's not normal and healthy. So yeah, yeah. I always find like, how do I find that balance of still letting them be kids and, you know, go ride dirt bikes if they want, or go do the scary things that I, you know, think might have an accident or something like that happen in the long run. But, um, it, how do you do it? Tell me, I, <laughs> Cause I feel I could totally relate to that. It's so, you know, like you, you want to hold them so close and don't want to do anything cause you don't want, you know, them to take any risk, but yeah. how do you, how do you do it? Um, it's a constant battle to be honest, because I, I find myself still really struggling with that. And, um, like mm-hmm. I said, it's been six years since my daughter's passing, but it's still super fresh of, um, mm-hmm. basically like an accident situation. So whenever we're, you know, which it seems like everywhere you go, there's like a potential accident that could happen. And I'm really aware of that hypersensitive to it, but my husband is not, I don't know (laughs) why, but he's just like, he will kind of get, I think frustrated with me. Cause he's like, you have to let them live and be kids. And I'm like, yeah, you're exactly right. So he always kind of, I think levels me out because he might be like on the opposite scale where he's like, Oh, they're fine. You know? And I'm like, Oh, (laughs) I'm really scared, you know, about just like we have a very um, active family when it comes to motorsports and boating and being outside and hunting. And like, there's a lot of things that I have anxiety about, but I think he, mm-hmm. he kind of levels me out there where he's like, you have to let them live. Like you can't just keep them home and not yeah, go yeah. doing anything. And, yeah. and I know that. So I pray about it and I mm-hmm. usually internalize those things to myself, <laughs> which is, is really hard, but I can talk to other angel what I do parents. Is I push them down deep. Yeah, I push them down deep. <laughs> and then I talk to other angel moms because usually they can relate, but yeah, yeah. no, it is so hard. It is so hard to, um, I think the the avoiding the temptation of bubble wrap would seem oh, yeah. really hard to do. Right. And then yeah. I have to remember like when I do have a um like a moment of like panic or 
if I vocalize it in front of other people, they aren't even aware I'm feeling that way. So usually if I'm like, this makes me really nervous or um, they're like, oh, it does. I didn't even, you know, like they weren't aware that I'm sitting over here having a panic panic attack internally. (laughs) So I've just also learned that it's okay if sometimes I admit that I'm freaking out a little bit and then um, they're like, oh, okay. (laughs) So, I mean, I I definitely deal with that still, but um, I totally agree with you cherishing the moments with your angel baby or with your rainbow baby is so sweet because yeah. I, I think you do. It's like you want to slow down and just take in every little breath and every little moment because yeah. they're so cherished. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah. Agree with you on that. Right. Yeah. We should all be doing that. We should all be doing that regardless. But I think sometimes, you know, having a loss really or really brings that out like let's make sure that we're present in the moment mm-hmm. and enjoying and enjoying what we have yeah yeah that's really important definitely so uh so stephanie we know because you have this book and because you share the story with your rainbow babies that they definitely know that they have an angel in their lives but how do they interact with each other because uh because Bryn's daughter Monroe interacts very openly with Rowan it's really literally like an imaginary friend and a and a, and a friend that she has around all the time her sister Oh Rowan. that's so special. Do you uh do your kids uh how do they interact with uh with Grayson? I think right now just I mean, getting them comfortable with the topic and subject of being able to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're kind of at the early stages right. of kind of introducing Grayson in a different way than just the baby that's in the picture on the wall. Yeah. Um, so right now, I mean, they don't really have a relationship. Um, but now Theo is more open to talking about him. So I'm sure that, I mean, my hope is that through this book and other resources that he will eventually be able to have that relationship with him um, when he feels comfortable with it. How do you, uh, Bryn, uh, when did you start to notice that Monroe definitely interacted with Rowan on a personal level? Wow, I don't know. I'm trying to think of how old she was. Well, definitely, obviously, after she learned to talk and communicate verbally. Um, I think we have always really kept, you know, Rowan's memory alive in our home. So it's, it always was normal for her. You know, we have pictures up and we talk about her openly and so does her older brother, Wyatt. So I think when she finally got old enough to vocalize it, um, it was just so normal and natural for her too. So she would point at pictures and say sissy and um, if, you know, feathers are our sissy sign. So she at a very early age would find feathers and then bring them over to me and put them in my hand or my lap or my husband's hand or lap and say, you know, here's a feather from sissy or, um, and I remember pretty early on cause she always would come to, you know, events for race for Rowan and Rowan's face is on the side of one of our huge race for Rowan trailers. It's a big turquoise trailer and it has Rowan's face on it. And I remember, um, holding Monroe and her face lit up when she saw it and she was pointing and smiling and saying, sissy, sissy. Um, just like she recognizes her and gets excited, just like I do in my heart. You know, if I get a sign from her, I feel like she started that at a really early age. Yeah. And then um, 
you know, you don't want to like overpower her and like take away from right. Like who she is. But, um, I don't, I don't even feel like I I do because she just gets excited all on her own when she sees her. She's like, Oh, they're sissy. And, um, she goes through phases where sometimes she talks about her a lot or we'll go for a couple weeks where she might not bring her up per se, but she, um, I think is just kind of how I live my life. If she sees a feather, she's excited and she thinks it's from Rowan or just has her own little relationship. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cute. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Special. Yeah. That's really neat. Um, Stephanie, you have this book, you have the nonprofit um, and, and you definitely have a, a, a sense of, you know, how to, how to get through things day to day. What advice would you give to someone who's about to have their own rainbow baby and might be feeling some of the anxieties or some of the feelings that you went through um, with your rainbow babies? Is there any, is there anything you'd like to, to, to tell folks? Um, honestly, treasure the moments, um, really try and choose to find joy in the small moments, the little things. Um, yeah, I mean, memories are so powerful and just, I mean, it's so easy to be overcome with grief and sadness, but trying to find the happiness and the joy in those special little moments. Um, even if you didn't have very much time with your angel baby, um, those are the moments that you're always going to remember. So just soak them in, take your time, slow it down and hug your babies extra tight. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah, I that's like great. that. I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Uh, well, this has been, this has been great. Uh, Stephanie, way to go. A, a book and the, and the nonprofit that is like legitimately changing some things already. You've got testing and different things that are helping these families really have turned uh, Grayson's uh, Grayson's life into a long-lasting legacy. The uh, the nonprofit again is called Grayson's Army Foundation. Is that correct? The, and the where, Grayson's Army Foundation. Yeah. And where can they uh, where can they find you on the uh, on the internet? Well, if you type in the Grayson's Army Foundation, mm-hmm. uh, we are all over Google. Sweet. <laughs> uh, so Sweet. we're on um, the tickets hospital website um we have our social media pages our facebook and our instagram uh grayson's army um yeah that's awesome and and the book (laughs) is mommy says i have a brother it's going to be available pretty much uh anywhere she's she's already big time it's crazy. Yes. It's awesome. This is so cool. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Stephanie Resendez, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. We really appreciate you taking a few minutes to talk about your angel and your rainbow babies. Of Thanks course. a lot. Yes, thank you so much for coming thank on. Thank you so much yes. for having me. I All appreciate right. it. All right. Okay, so that was our interview with Stephanie Resendez, the author of Mommy Says I Have a Brother, the founder of Grayson's Army Foundation, and uh, mother to two different rainbow babies. Very inspiring stuff. Very inspiring. I loved speaking with you, Stephanie. Thank you so much for coming on and um, just sharing the love and spreading Grayson's Army Foundation all over the world. You are a remarkable person, and thank you for sharing your story with us. I thought it was, she talked about, the thing I found really stunning was she talked about how they sent Grayson to the hospital 
They had to go to the hospital. Uh, they could not figure out what the mm. problem was yeah. until after he passed away. Can you imagine being in that position the way yeah. Stephanie and her and, and her family uh, were? And then to create this foundation, which in just a short amount of time has flourished enough to be able to provide tests right. to families, maybe even before the child's born, to be able to catch whether or not yeah, this child's Yeah, she said at 13 it. weeks in utero, she can. they offer testing now. That's incredible. Which they didn't have testing as of just a few years ago. And that is because of the nonprofit she started. Yeah, talk about huge movements That's she's making. A huge difference That's she's making. pretty incredible. Yeah. And and it's something I'd never even heard of. So, yeah. Wow. That was pretty cool. And then going from sort of the, the macro level of, of like making a difference and finding meaning, then to this very cool, intimate level where she's written a book mm-hmm. that families will, can, will be able to order and, and read to their rainbow babies to give them a sense that, uh, you know, that child that was in your, that was in your life had an identity and, and, you know, that is really neat too. And I have checked out her book. It's super adorable. And I will say that um, there wasn't a lot of children books after I lost Rowan. I was actually looking for stuff like this. Were you and, really? And I really didn't find a lot that stuck out to me that I loved. Yeah, and I, yeah. I really, truly um, love her book. So nice job on putting that together. And go check it out. Check out her um, Instagram and her social media profiles. It's Grayson's Mm -hmm. Army. And the book is called Mommy Says I Have a Brother. Yes, so go check it out. The links are on her Instagram account, Grayson's Army, and um, that links to her website as well. So you can purchase the book through that. That is correct. Do you think, um, so was having a conversation with Monroe about Rowan, um, how hard was that for you to even wrap your brain around? Did you kind of have a plan of attack before you went in, uh, you know, as you were as as she was as she was a baby and you were trying to figure out everything? Or were you like, we're going to fly by the seat of our pants on this thing and see what happens? Yeah, just super organic because, no, we've never even really had a conversation. I mean, she's never asked questions per se. So, like, to her, it's completely normal to have a sister in heaven. That's all she knows. So, no, she's we've never had the conversation. I mean, she doesn't. She doesn't ask. She just, it's there. It's That's omnipresent. just her normal. Yeah. 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 Um, so completely different than how I've approached Wyatt with it, because obviously Wyatt was four years old when she passed away. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, him and I have had plenty of conversations about heaven and his sister. And I did read a lot of books with him when he was, oh, yeah. you know, recently after the accident. And right. For years, actually, you know, we would read books. Yeah. Um, and I can tell you, there wasn't a lot out there that I, I really liked. Yeah. So this is great that Stephanie's created something that is comfortable and a safe place for kids. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think, every, like we said, everybody's situation is so different. Right. So I haven't had to have the conversation with yeah. Monroe yet. Yeah. She, it's just normal for her. Yeah, that, that is what's so interesting about her experience and your experience, how she was looking for a way to get in and she wasn't mm-hmm. figuring it out. And this really is a launching off point for her. This is, we, I think it's really neat that she's trying to create things that, that help a parent who yeah. is trying to find a way to communicate these sorts of things. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty cool. Uh, so the book again is called mommy says I have a brother. It's available here in the United States mm-hmm. on October 6th on the big stuff, Barnes and Noble and like Amazon on like real websites. It's mm-hmm. pretty yeah. Pretty, pretty high end. <laughs> yeah. um, and then, of course, again, nonprofits called Grayson's Army Foundation. We really want to thank Stephanie 
uh, from calling in internationally, our first international guest. We are now an international podcast. This is very cool. Yep. We're at a whole different level. It's a whole new game now. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Share the love, please. Yes, absolutely. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And we will talk to you next week with a very special guest we're not gonna we're not gonna share it <laughs> very special guest super excited see you next week bye